TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 472, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. I'm David. I uh, I used to work in uh, TV post-production, and hopefully I will again soon. <laughs> I'm Allison, and I write reviews for Widnopolis. Hey, this is Peter. I uh, live in uh, Hollywood and write for Why So Blue. Hi, this is Yu Sun, and I'm a costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. All right, let's start off with the news. First up, we have that The Boys is getting a spinoff at Amazon. It is being fast-tracked to where I think that it's supposed to be airing either at the same time as third season or maybe back-to-back with third season, but they're moving quick on that. The ratings are phenomenal. For Amazon for the show. Are they? So, yeah. Wow. I was so wondering. That surprise me, actually. But what yeah, does, does it say? What surprised me? But why being, I was wondering. What's being spun off? I I am that is unclear. All uh, they've said is that it is. Uh, they're moving very quickly. They're getting a writing team together, and they're just trying to they do casting. They're trying to just go go go. But I I'm I, I'm like I don't know what you would spin off. I'll yeah, investigate later and question. yeah, I'll investigate later and find out. All right. Uh, next, I have that Pretty Little Liars is getting a reboot ordered for Am- her HBO Max because didn't that show just end? Like, yes, two years ago. I know. I know. People are desperate. Desperate. It's crazy. I was like, did what? people like that show? I didn't. Uh, watch teenagers it. did. Like, teenagers did like popular, it. Yeah, yeah it was like, it was relatively popular, but I don't know popular enough to get a reboot popular. Uh, I don't know. Uh, okay. But that's what's happening. Uh, it says uh, the boys' spinoff is a college superhero, whatever that means. Mm, that doesn't sound good. Mm. We'll see. Uh, the Kamansky. The Kaminsky oh, method. It's a superhero college, not not a college superhero. It's a superhero college, a college of superheroes. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. But anyway, uh, Kaminsky Method is losing Alan Arkin for the final season. Oh, no. Uh, I know, and I was like, how's that going to work? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work, but he decided not to come back at the end of last season. Um, I hope they don't kill him. I hope they don't kill him off. That would just be so sad. That would cast a pall over the whole show, even if he's not going to be on it. I have terrible. no idea, but they said they're going to write him off in the premiere of uh, the next, the last season. But it was his decision. Um, on a similar, that's like, that's the, like most of the of the show is that relationship. That I know. I, I was about to say, isn't that the show? It's like the two of them being best friends. But yeah. okay. Uh, Liv Tyler has opted out of returning for 911 Lone Star due to COVID. She lives in London and does not want to come to the United States to shoot the show. And she will yep. be replaced by Gina Torres. Who would I like? What'd you say, Peter? I like Gina Torres. I do too. I like, and I did not really like Liv Tyler, so I'm kind of okay with this. Uh, so, I mean, Gina Torres has a lot more charisma, I think. So, and... Ooh, I just thought about her and... Oh, God, what's the lead's name? Just blanked on his name. Mm. 
Pablo. Thank you. I think they would have really good chemistry. I like it. Okay. Uh, Demi Moore will star in an Amazon drama based on her podcast called Dirty Diana, which I've been listening to. And though, to be honest, I only listened to it because uh, one of her episodes, it had Gwendolyn Christie. So now I'm really hoping Gwendolyn Christie will be on the show. Um, but yeah, it, it, I don't know if, it, how excited I am about the show entirely, but I do like the idea that during COVID, she was like, hey, let me make a dramatic podcast since we're not shooting anything. And then it got such attention. Amazon's like, okay, let's shoot it. So I, th- I was like, look at that. That's smart. I like that. Um, DC is doing a spinoff of Suicide Squad, which will premiere on HBO Max. And it's going to be... They said that uh, James Gunn is involved in producing it. Um, I think he's supposed to be directing, too. Yeah, so so it's a James Gunn thing, and it's going to be starring John Cena, because Peacemaker is, I think, John Cena's character. So it's supposed to be now a TV show, and I'm like, uh, I guess I'll wait until I see the new Suicide Squad to determine if I think that's good or bad. Uh, I'm not a fan of John Cena, though, so... I'm I like John Cena. I mean, I, I liked him a lot on it, you know, um, uh, the Amy Schumer movie, uh, what, tr- Trainwreck. He was pretty funny. I thought, like, I yeah. I, I mean, I don't know too much about him. He but. has no. I don't think he has a lot of charisma to me. He doesn't. He doesn't wow me. I guess. Like, I don't. Like, there's certain people when you see them on screens, you can't take their your eyes off of them, and he's not that guy for me. I find him pretty boring. But that might also be my um oh god the the magic Mike guy he and maybe they look too much alike I don't know and, oh my god they don't look like you mean Channing Tatum I don't think yeah. they look like Channing Tatum yeah Channing Tatum they, they don't look um, like, I, I, I John Cena I'm bland but I I don't see how the the two of them look alike I'm looking at John Cena right now and I'm like man eh, he looks a little like him. Anyway, let's move on before we get into that argument. That's like a whole other thing. <laughs> let's move on to the shows. Wait a minute. You didn't announce that Supergirl's ending? Oh. That, you okay. didn't do that in the news? That's the biggest news for this show. Is it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> None of us watch Pretty Little Liars or like. I, mean, like, I know, but I was oh, literally, I just, I didn't see the news though. That that I, it wasn't a slight. I was not trying to slight Supergirl. I literally did not see it when I was going through Hollywood Reporter. But you now that you mentioned, it, I was like, oh, I did see that news. I forgot. So well, I she just it. had a she just had a baby. So I have a feeling. Also with COVID, I have a feeling she kind of just wants to be done and move on. But I heard it is her. It's her decision. Like right. so, but. I didn't finish the last season. I was mixed on the last season, but I, it's still my favorite of, of the, I mean, obviously, you know, quality is a relative thing. We're talking about the DC CW shows, but I mean like that, I mean, that's still of those. That's my favorite one. So it's kind of a bummer for me. I'm not saying it's genius or anything, but mm-hmm. I was still kind I of like they have, the show. They have yeah, Star- I'd have to argue the genius. They don't need Supergirl. They got Stargirl. Oh no, you did not. Star Girl's not on CW. Is yes, it? it is. Yeah, it is. yes, it is. Wait, I thought that was the DC app show. No, they put it on CW because of lack of content. So it's been airing oh, on CW. Oh man, I did. I I only saw the pilot for Star Girl, but really, you think it's better? I didn't really like. He's Star being Girl. funny. That was sarcasm. 
That was I didn't say it's better. I just said they have this to replace that. It's this, it's a similar character uh, demographic or whatever. It's a similar character. Yes, it is a similar yeah. char character demographic, but I don't find from it's what not, I saw, it's not. It's not. It's not particularly good. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's, eh. it's pretty bad. And they don't spend any money because they thought it was going to go on a streaming thing. They didn't realize it was going to be on the CW, so they didn't spend the same kind of money. Uh, or extend the writing. Like, it's pretty bad. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, first up, let's talk about the shows. Talk about Lovecraft Country. And this week's episode, we are going to talk about... Uh, we go back in time to the Korean War and we see everything from the perspective of a Korean character, which at first you're not entirely sure who it is, but I think we saw her in like the, the haunted house episode. One? No, the yeah, cult episode. Was... We saw her in the cult episode where they were giving everybody visions of things they wanted right. or something like that. And we saw well, her. I don't know how much he wanted. What <laughs> right. Happened. Right. Um... Yeah, she was. She I was think it was a deal scare thing. I think it was supposed to torture him. Right, yeah. and we've we've heard her voice too on the phone. Yeah, but I wouldn't have recognized her voice. Two different phone conversations. Right, I wouldn't have recognized her voice. But that the only reason I've seen that actress before. So when we saw her in that episode, I was like, oh, it's her. But basically, you're supposed to realize that this is uh, Tick's ex girlfriend, but it's a flashback before they've ever met, and it sets the whole thing up. And it was ninety percent in Korean which was really kind of cool. And it really, this episode for me, I mean, yes, there was one big bloody moment, which was shocking just in just how sudden it was. But the crux of the episode and the heart of the episode was really, I don't know if sweet's the right word I'm looking for, but it, it touched me. Like I was really emotionally moved by the fact that uh, this mother was trying to protect her daughter just the wrong way and got, got called a demon. And then you had all these like things that happened because of it. And she, as a demon, didn't think she could feel human emotions. And she did. And she fell in love and all of that. I thought it was great. Like just the overall story itself, uh, just watching her go through having a friend, having watching that friend die horrifically, wanting revenge, and then falling in love with the guy that she wants revenge on. Like, all of those things, just the way that they showed it and the way it was depicted, I thought it was a fantastic story, even as a standalone. Um, so this was one of the better ones for me. I, I, I'm 100% impressed. What did you guys think? Um, well, I, I loved the episode. I thought it was great. And I, what I liked seeing it, is, it especially is that it filled in a lot of gaps as far as Atticus is concerned as well, right. because since the time that we've met him, we've always thought of him as being sort of the moral center of the show. And at the same time, he clearly is carrying around guilt about something. And we didn't, you know, it's like, what could it be when he's such a good guy? And it turns out that uh, there were numerous moral lapses back in his time in Korea that are haunting him to this day. And we see exactly what that is. And, and it makes him, to me, a more complex character because he's not just, oh, you know, our, our perfect hero. He's he has done things in the past that, you know, could be considered unforgivable. And and he's tried to, I think, atone for I think a lot of what he's doing now, in fact, is an, an atonement for for the, the lapses that he had in Korea. Um, 
learning more about Gia, the the woman who who we meet in this episode, who you know we've seen little flashes of before, but now she's a real person. Um, that was fantastic. It was like at, at the beginning, I wasn't quite sure what it was that was supposed to be going on, and then they give you little bits until you realize that you know she's she's not uh, what she appears to be. She's not even human, really. Um, and, and all of that was, was just fantastic stuff. It gave, it gave an insight into, uh, Korean mythology and culture, which I thought was wonderful. Um, I, it, to me, this was one of the strongest episodes as well. I I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Yusun, I know you, you've been chomping at the bit, so go ahead. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, for the record, I have broken my media fast to see this. Uh, and to come on the show to talk about it. Um, and I was very curious to hear what you guys had to say first. Um, and, and also because I didn't want to waste time parroting, you know, what you guys had already said. I would definitely agree with everything that people have said. I can bring my perspective to it. Um, I smiled because the opening credits had Hangul, which is Korean, uh, and I do read Korean. And um, so I got a little bit of a sneak peek. It was none of it was a surprise because Kumiho, which is what they spelled out, is literally um, nine-tailed fox. And I know the um, I know the mythology. I know the story. So it, it, that was I don't know if that was a little bit of a spoiler, but I was like, oh, and it totally made sense to me because it's fantastical. It's mythological. Uh, I also know what kind of creature it is um, in our culture. Foxes, I, I think in, in American culture, really, they're kind of known to be clever and wily and you know, uh, mischievous. Um, it's sort of the very over 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 simplified explanation would be sort of and you guys saw it kind of like a succubi you know what i mean mm-hmm. um they aren't always as as malevolent or gory or bloody um you know in 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 our mythology i don't know everything about it but i was raised on stories and actually what was very sweet for me there were so many notes obviously that that i could take away from this that no one else could um but like i said i won't i won't waste any breath talking about what you guys all said i found it i think the word you were looking for i don't know i don't want to put words in your mouth it was very poignant it was poignant and powerful um i think that the shell that they used is fantastic because it's something that so few people in outside of korea probably um know about it and that's actually i thought it was brilliant in terms in line with the show the overall show meaning like we've talked about how it's there's definitely a thread obviously a narrative and they're getting to a point however each episode is a little bit standalone-ish in the sense that it's sort of like an homage to different kinds of horror movie slash stories you know tropes we had the haunted house one we had the more like cult mythology uh sorry the magical one we've had you know blah 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 um so i you know i thought it was fantastic uh, the not just the execution, but actually the the story. Uh, again, I don't know whether that was pulled from the book. I mean, maybe it was straight up from the book, but I thought their handling of it was fantastic and a little brave. You made you made mention to the fact that it was all done in um, mostly Korean uh, with, and I'll speak about that in a minute. In a minute, I, I don't need to over talk this, but for me, the small moments. Again, I'm very averse to bloody and gory, and interestingly enough. It, it wasn't that big of a deal. Also because I, like I said, I kind of knew what to expect. Um, but I was also confused. Knowing the lore still didn't help me. And I don't know if 
Libya, you misspoke, or I can explain something to you. Um, she, she was her daughter, but she didn't have her memories because she absorbed the spirit. So, well, said, and there was not, a whole no, I meant that she was possessed and she was, because the mom says, you're not my daughter. Because she basically okay, asked not... for the for the daughter to be protected, so she had the demon or whatever possess yeah, her she daughter. She summons it. Yeah, she, she summons, summons it, it. No, to go not, into her daughter. No, it's not, it's not, no, she's not protected. It's a deal she makes with the right, devil, right, right, basically, right, to right. bring her daughter back. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So, yeah, and that I'm... payment was the soul. She had right. To, like, so she, the soul. So she, yeah. So but, she swapped out. So it's her daughter's body. I understood that it was her daughter's body. No, no, no. I knew. I knew that. No, no. I knew that you under. It doesn't matter. We'll just, we're wasting time. I knew that you knew it was her shell. I just didn't know if it doesn't matter. But anyway, I was actually confused as well because I, I mean, not as well. I was confused. So I just wanted to. I wasn't sure what was going on, even though I knew it was a cameo. So I don't know how it's manifesting in in, in American television. They could take liberties with it. So, um, but anyway, for me, that was so powerful was. The point that again, and you you addressed it. The, the that scene where she she's pleading with him and saying, you know, when she realizes that she has her own identity as a spirit, uh, and she talks about uh, that scene between the two of them was incredibly powerful. Where she talks about we're both monsters, you know what I mean, and maybe we can uh, bring out you know what we see in each other or hope you know, something, you know, some sort of whatever. I thought that was beautifully well done, um, and so the whole episode was just a vehicle to to talk about the smaller moments and love and devotion. And, 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 I mean, it was complex as well, though. I will end with this, which again, um, I've always had an issue my entire life, even if it's French or this or that, I, I had to learn that um, translation is done differently. It's not literal. And a lot of times they drop phrases just for expediency so that you don't have to read as much, but they do leave out stuff. And sometimes it's important. So I will give them props. Uh, the stuff they left out, uh, the, the phrases they cut out, there were very few things where I thought, oh, that's actually a little bit different what they're saying. None of it mattered. So props to that. Um, I, I will speak to this and I will not shame her even a little bit um, because I don't speak Korean. I speak Korean with a very heavy American or non-native accent. Uh, so here's what I will say. She must have practiced the hell out of that because her accent was fantastic. I, I'm pretty sure I know for a fact, if I didn't know this, that she's not a native speaker, I, I could tell from the, from, from the show. But the, the thing that really caught me, it was, a very, it was very distracting and I had to kind of let it go. She clearly, I think for the most part, uh, learned it by phonetically or for sound because her, her um, intonation and her beats were not natural conversational. Like she took pauses in places where you just wouldn't, you know what I mean? Because clearly she was trying to remember her dialogue, you know what I mean? Or she was kind of phonetically getting it out. Um, so having said that, I want to say, because I want to talk about the standout, her best friend, uh, clearly it, she was a native Korean speaker and I thought her acting was excellent. Uh, again, maybe because it was less distracting because she was a native speaker, but what she took on, uh, Jamie uh, Chung, I believe her name is, I believe she was born in America, and but from uh, uh, of two native born Koreans, I believe her parents were, had immigrated. So I imagine she heard the language growing up. Um, the, the accent was incredibly impressive, which is not that easy. So it was a little bit distracting for me, but my point is as a Korean, uh, who was born there, who kind of speaks the language, I thought it hit it, it hit it everything. It gave, it was good tribute to Korea. It, it was, um, a great storytelling, the mythology, the actual acting, and it moved the actual, 
uh, story forward. You know what I mean? It wasn't um, just sort of, not gratuitous is the wrong word. Oh, lastly, I will say this, because this is something I feel about the show completely. I thought that the scene where uh, she accidentally turns into a monster, you know, and oh, it's right, very, right, yeah. the sex scene, you know, the, the, yeah, the first yeah, sex yeah. scene or two. No, 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 I'm saying the first sex scene or two was relatively modest. I mean, not super modest, but I thought the, the it was brave and very appropriate. It was not gratuitous how much, you know, sex we saw and how, how raw, uh, you know, how uh, exposing it was because that made it even more powerful. You know what I mean? I thought it was tastefully done when, when she's exposed to be a monster, you know what I mean? And he's so vulnerable. He's naked and she's, you know, vulnerable in her own way because she's clearly now in love with him and stuff. So I thought that was handled beautifully as well. So right. absolutely, I agree with you. I think it was one of the best episodes of this season. All right. Anybody else that didn't get the chance to talk before we move on? All righty. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Transplant. And uh, Allison, what episode are you on? I finished it. <laughs> okay. I need to figure I out what marathon is. stuff. You know, it's like even things that I'm not that thrilled about. If If I don't just abandon it because I hate it. I'll, I'll ch- chances are, I'm just going to plow right through to the end. All right. Well, I, I've been trying to watch one episode at a time and trying to pace myself so that I didn't get that far ahead. I'm not sure if I'm on the right episode. Woman I. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm on the right one, but let's talk about the episode where the sister, the little sister's like, I want to come to work with you. And, um, and they, they basically do the episode where he, uh, he has to be a parent and a doctor at the same time and try to balance. And then I, what I really do like is, oh God, I always think of the guy is from Spartacus. The, the, the medical chief, what I, I like his, at, John well, Hanna, Jam Hanna, that's his name. I really like how he tells our lead that you have to be earlier than everybody else. You have to be better than everybody else. You have to have, make sure that they never have a reason to look at you and wonder if you're qualified. And it's it's because in that the episode before they he, he basically lies like he has like uh, the doctor has that fake certificate medical, you know, paperwork transcripts and it's all forged documents and and he decides not to do it. Right. But the chief, without knowing that he was going to do that and that was his moral decision, he basically lies to the board and it's like, oh, I was totally on the phone with the head of his medical department, I confirmed his transcripts. It's all good. And he was like, oh, you managed to talk to them and they confirmed me? He was like, oh, absolutely not. He was like, didn't, that didn't happen at all. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. So he made this big moral decision not to lie and then his boss absolutely lied? Like, I didn't even know how I felt about that. I thought that was interesting. What did you think? Um, I like, you know, the thing is, like I said, I finished the whole season, so I'm trying to remember all the things that happened in that particular episode. Well, I just meant um, about that moment, really. But that particular moment, I actually really liked, and it seemed in keeping with John Hanna's character, because right. he seems to play fast and loose with with rules. He's really rigid with rules for his the, his his trainees and the members of his staff you know then he suddenly gets really rigid and you have to do this and that and the other thing but where it applies to himself is a little looser and right. he's, he's made that very clear and so i think he just kind of took it upon himself he saw something 
in in this man he knows he can really be a doctor and and i think also that he he had a uh kind of a, a revelatory moment when he almost died that right. he needs to make changes in his life and he needs to kind of reach out and be more human and this is his his way of doing it really he was dismissive of this guy when he first came to him to get a job and then he ended up saving his life and now he feels like he is sort of obligated even if he it owes, means yeah, bending, he breaking bit, the yeah. rules to yeah to do something for him especially because i think I, and i don't think he would do it if he didn't think that that it would be uh lived up to right if he didn't think he was doing it for the right person so i think it's it's a combination of willing to to break the rules because of his position to be able to do so and also his faith in in this this person in bashir uh to be an amazing doctor right and i think yeah bashir's fantastic like that doctor uh the actor is he's so charismatic that you just you just root for him you just really really want him to do well He's a perfect lead. For, he really is. And what I do like, too, is that, yes, he is charismatic enough to carry this show. And I, I love watching him. He's He makes a great center for this. But um, and especially, you know, as the show goes on, you know, at the very beginning, he's he's kind of like a Marty Stew. He's like does everything superhumanly great, you know, and he's he's wonderful. But as the show goes along, he makes mistakes and the show right. is willing to show him in a much more human way, which I think is great because stepping back from that is so important. It gave the rest of the ensemble cast something to do and and a way of standing out in their own right and letting him just kind of fall well, back and say, yes, he doesn't know everything. I, what, I, was, what I really good. like is I was really worried about the the black woman intern from the pilot, when they showed her in the pilot, I was like, oh no. Like it was very stereotypical in a bad way. Mm -hmm. um, but they very quickly humanized her in the next few episodes. So I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Um, I, I mean, she's cutthroat and that's okay, but she actually has a heart, which is what you really needed to see. Yeah. So overall, I'm still really loving Transplant. I'm glad that uh, Tom is forcing us to watch it uh <laughs> next up let's talk about away and i know i'm only watching it one episode at a time i can't watch two like uh, and i it's last week's episode i really really liked it and this week's episode was like haha fooled you um it, it, it was, i i have to say i warned you didn't I? you did but it was just kind of like the entire premise of this episode is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's like, so one of the crew members who we have to presume has been tested out of the wazoo for the last, and I mean that literally for the last two years, he's been in training. He's been tested. They've, they've run five bazillion tests on him. I don't think wazoo testing is, is, is very effective, but, uh, but it can be done. Uh, so my point is, you're telling me that now that they're like, oh my God, he's sick. What's wrong? Oh, let's test his blood again. Holy crap. He has mono. And I was like, really? Like, this is blood you've already taken. So it's blood that's on earth that they've already taken. And then they're like, oh, he has mono in his system. And we all know what viruses in space does. So, holy, so wow, 
Now he's infectious and it's an emergency. It turns you into an alien monster, right? Is that what you're <laughs> Apparently. Because his eyes were all that like... That would have been more interesting. Well, that I mean, would have been more believable. I mean, his eyes are... I, that's actually what I thought. I was like, you know, my initial thought was I thought he was he was like in the biology lab and was messing with something and got exposed to something. That's where I thought this was going. But they were like, oh, no, he just has mono that he had before he got on the shuttle and now it's just exacerbated and now you're all infected. He might be infected. Holy crap. And I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Now their excuse for it was that he had mono when he was a child and something about being in space for a long duration triggered it again. Right. But that's, That's... you know, I mean, he's, he, it's like, he didn't just show up at the door yesterday and say, let me in this program. They've, they have his medical history. Right. They know if he had mono and he would, if, if that it was, was a possibility, risk, right. Yeah. They, they would have eliminated him from the program. Exactly. It's like, Sorry. You could have a flare up of this again in space. So no, we can't have you here. And if that is just goes to the, to the core of what constantly irritates me about the show is all these invented traumas and dramas that that they come up with because they can't just do an honest show about how people would behave in space in space you know i mean and and there's there's got to be interesting stuff that you can tell and if there isn't why are you doing the show in the first place because it's (laughs) just this endless soap opera and back and forth and and you know and people get ridiculous and and it just yeah all right. Well, I want I want um, David to talk because he actually likes Away. So, what did you think of this episode, David? Uh, yeah, I don't remember the episode. I'm, I've seen the whole thing, and it's been a while. So, remind me of what happened, and it I'll was tell the, you. It was the one where whatever the the guy from Rom. India, Rom, Rom. Uh, he got sick and fell out, and everybody had to wear protective gear because they were afraid they'd get sick as well. And so, the entire episode was like, "Oh my God, we have to make sure we keep this decontaminated." Yeah, he hallucinates at the beginning and tries to open, open the hatch. The, yeah, tries to open the hatch. Do you not remember that? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess you have to suspend your disbelief with a lot of these shows, even though it's not set in... Not this much. This seems well, like a lot for this particular it's, situation. Supposed to, it's supposed to be set in reality, but still, you know, none of these shows are completely accurate. It wouldn't make for good TV, but... Um, yeah, I, I mean, if you hold that against it, I can see where you're saying what you're saying, but... To me, it's like the show is about the characters um, more than it is about the plot. You know, the the, the setting is just cool because they're out in space, they're exploring, and, you know, who knows what's going to happen and whatever. But it's really a relationship, you know, the, the relationship arcs are what really appeal to me and, and I find interesting. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I said it last time or whatever, we, if we talked about it, but the daughter um, of, the, uh, of the main character, I think the actress is doing a phenomenal job. I think she is one of the most interesting characters um, and that family unit is pretty pretty good too in, in general. But uh, you know the mother daughter scenes are are some of my favorites I think of all. Um, the relationships between the astronauts when they're you know uh, out in space, they're they're you I think you made a comment that they're kind of stereotypical characters in some ways. The you know the Russian you know the 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 uh, shifty uh you know chinese spy or whatever you know or she doesn't say anything and the russians got attitude and whatever i mean yeah that they, they did that but they by the end of this by the end of the uh series they do change there there's an arc that changes so uh it's not as bad as as it is right now maybe um 
But uh, I mean, I think that, like I said, the characters are what's interesting to me. They haven't really, those characters have not blossomed in their relationships with each other uh, by the, what is it, you say second episode? Or third I'm, episode? I'm on the fourth. We were talking fourth, about the fourth episode. Yeah, I mean, it takes a, it takes a while before those things really but come the, together. But, but the thing that's ridiculous is they've been together for two years and they're not friends yet. Like, that's the thing well, that seems been, weird. They haven't been on the same crew for two years. Yes, they have. Oh, that's that's midway through the uh, thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they were in training for two, two years, years before yeah. they ever went into space. Right. They should right. know each other like the like the back of their own hands. Exactly. And and right. they don't. They act like they just got together and met for the first time when they went up to the moon. Fair um, enough. It, but it, it just it, it doesn't ring true to me at all. No, it, it doesn't ring true. But but the, you know, time is compressed because you're watching TV. And again, you know, it wouldn't make good TV to watch a show for two years to see what happens. So some of that gets lost in translation, I think, when they compress the time. Um, but because it wouldn't be, maybe be as interesting if they didn't, they wouldn't be able to have these conflicts if they've already resolved the conflicts. Well, well my, my thing is they could have had different conflicts. Yeah. If you're going to yes. say crew has been together for two years, then you have conflicts that would happen if people have known each other for two years and they don't. Their, their conflicts are like, I just met you conflicts. So it's yeah. it's it's a different thing, and I, it's, it feels mm-hmm. it feels a little like that's why I really like the episode the week before that I watched with uh, the woman from China, where she gets exposed as right. you know having that relationship, like that I thought was really moving because I could absolutely believe that she kept that a secret from everybody, like right, she and actually, happened, yeah, and so it worked, time, you know, which makes sense to you. That's like oh, it hadn't it, two years could have could have gone by and she'd hidden it, and then all of a sudden it was exposed right. at this time. Yeah, that that totally worked, and I loved that episode. Yeah, I thought that episode little, was great. Maybe it's a little lazy writing in some ways to you know not really make things as believable as possible. Uh, but again, I, I'm in it for the characters, so I like the the uh, certain relationships between the characters really a lot. And... See, I don't even like the characters. I think <laughs> so Let's for guys... me, it's just torture to get through this. You don't Let's like the move... daughter and the and the mother's mother daughter relationship. Uh... I think that the I think the acting is good. I, I you know I have no problem with any of the actors who are cast in the show, and I think the girl who plays the daughter is very good. Um, but literally everything that happens on Earth bores the hell out of me. Um, I really don't care about her. The conversations with the mother would have been fine if the sh- if it was relegated to just that, and then you know we went back to space and and we never saw what was happening on earth except where it pertained to what was happening in the capsule. But uh, I don't really care about her teen angst and her, right. her dramas with her dad and all the rest. It just, it's the, uninteresting. Well, it well, just seems like a very, not very smartly written show. I right. Could, and that's yeah. the thing is maybe, maybe there's a little laziness in it, but, and the other thing is that well, it's not about being a good TV, but it's about, for me at this point in time, it's a very positive show. People say and do ultimately the right thing, and I like that seeing that right now because reflected in TV because there's a lot of stuff that isn't in the world and on TV, and I think I need some of that positivity. So I can see that, but we got to wrap this up. We got to wrap this up. All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about Lower Decks, which I think was the best episode so far of the season. I love the fact that we're doing a alien court drama which star star trek has done a million of them and so what i really liked is they totally subverted our idea it wasn't a court 
I know. That's the thing is that it, you you're watching it and you think you know what you're watching because that's all Star Trek has done. It's done a million aliens put the crew on trial. Like we've you seen like a million parody, of those. Like that parody effect that they're that they're making fun of their their themselves, right? Their predecessors or whatever. Yeah, and I can't disagree. There, it's fun when they poke. You know, when they say, "Well, the Enterprise would do this" or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, I thought that was all really, really good. And I, what I also thought it was really the first time that I really liked the use of all the characters. They were all together, and they were all um, talking about a mission that they all were actually part of, but like in different parts, part of the same mission. And yeah. I like that you got the full picture of the mission at the end, and you're like, oh, all you guys were on the same mission together. That's pretty cool. And And then it ends up being a birthday party. You're just like, wait, what? So... <laughs> It's just. It, it was, was a great. little like. It was a little like. Oh, it was all dream, but you know, still, it was it was funny because it's it's supposed to be parody or it's supposed to be you know for comic effect and it works. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's a it's a it's a gag and it's you know you can't blame them for having the gag. Uh, Peter, you saw this too, right? Yeah, I liked it. Um, I liked the show overall, um, but I thought it was one of the stronger episodes, like you said, and I also liked. I mean, it's not exactly Rashomon, but like a lot of sitcoms do that thing where you're seeing, like you just said, where you're seeing like the story from each one's point of view. And they do that thing where like, I forgot the character, the one who, um, uh, is she like blue or green? Yeah, the uh, green engineer. She's in. Like, no, I she's can't... medical. Sorry. What is she? She's a doctor. She's medical intern. But she had that thing where, like, she's, like, doing – she's, like, kicking ass, and then the guy interrupts. He's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. So you're telling me that, like, uh, this <laughs> happened? Like, that's a very <laughs> thing where a person might embellish or whatever, and, like, that's always very funny. Um, no, I, I thought it was good, too. Like, I I've enjoyed, I, I know that Yusin is not – has not been a fan. I don't even know if she still watches it anymore, but, like um, – Regardless of her her TV ban recently, but like um, I know you would really love the episode, and I did think it it probably you're probably right it probably is the best one, but I don't know I like the show I mean like I I, I mean I really enjoy the characters and stuff and I, and of course it's it's also a good show that really gets to do its proof of concept which is that because it is because it is in in the Star Trek vein of like it's this big you know there the characters are put on trial. And of course, it's the bridge. the The main, you know, the, the the heroes are put on trial because, of course, there's the whole thing of like, well, this is exactly that's you know the amazingness of the Cerritos. That's what it is. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's like they barely know what's going on. And like, <laughs> their lower decks, which is like that's what the show's about. And it's also some, and I think it's also somewhat about. I think the show is also somewhat about like poking holes in sort of like. Um, the idols that we have had for shows like Star Trek, because we always assume that they're amazing and know everything that's happening, and they're like, "What do you know? That's not always the case." Like, uh, I thought that was great too. It's just a little thing, but that is to me what the show's really good at, because they are the lower decks. So you know, it's like so some of the characters really idolize the bridge, and then the other ones are just like, "Ah, they're lame." You know, <laughs> they're you know they're 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 just all egos or whatever. So, but um, we, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, we need up. we need to move on. Uh, so I think we're saying thumbs up. We really like this one, so check it out. Next up, we're going to talk about Raised by Wolves, and they've been dropping two episodes at a time, which sucked for me because I was already two episodes behind, so I had to watch a bunch of Raised by Wolves. And man, <laughs> this show, 
this show. Like, it got, I watched the first two that you guys were raving about last week, and I was like, eh, I guess, it's all right. And then I started watching the new ones, and I was like, what is happening? How is this show on the air? I don't understand what's going on, and why is there now, this android is now pregnant. Like, what? No. No, no, no. Like, I feel like I need to put my foot down on the whole android pregnancy. And then the random reversing of the blood flow turned that dude into some sort of gargantuan monster. I was like, that's not how blood works. (laughs) Like, what is happening? Oh, my goodness. Well, wait, I can't. Okay, I haven't seen this. I haven't caught up to Raised by Wolves. I only saw the pilot. But, I mean, that is very much the Ridley Scott universe of androids because remember they're androids androids get pregnant no no no. but remember they're not robots i know but i understand what you're saying and i don't mind mother i don't mind mother having emotions that's not that's not my issue that is not go ahead the entire premise of blade runner 2049 is that ryan got ryan gosling we know in the very beginning he is a replicant it's not so i'm not spoiling it for anyone and the whole premise is that is that Harrison Ford and I, Deckert and I forgot what the Rachel Rachel they went well, off you, and they actually had a and so that's the whole that's the whole thing so I'm just saying no 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 you if you you need to watch the show dude it is ridiculous <laughs> I'm just I, no I'm I'm not I'm just saying in the Ridley Scott world he's done the pregnant android it's like ah that, yeah but you in, in the premise of this it's ridiculous the way he pulls it off. It makes so, no sense. So are you and, saying her and, and father had a kid? Is that no, no, not her. Not at all. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so much weirder than that. It's 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 it's, it's absolutely, yeah. It's yeah. it's like Jesus. She she had a Jesus baby. Uh, oh, well, that's a religious. I mean, you know, when you were saying before about you know we were raving about it, I I have never been raving about this show. <laughs> I have said from the beginning, it's like I, I'm watching it because it's a diversion and it's interesting enough to, to keep my attention. But if this if if we actually had a normal season and there were other things on, I would not be watching Raised by Wolves. Is she still good? I liked her in the pilot, the main lady. The actress yes, is she's, fine. She's fine. The acting that's, is, is yeah, that's good not the issue. overall. It's it's the writing and the concept behind this entire show. It's all over never, the place. Oh, it's completely all over the place. I mean, they have, they have, it's supposed to be a science fiction and it seems to be rooted in, in just a science fiction reality to start with. But then they start introducing all these spiritual and magical elements. Prophecies. Yeah. And yeah. And crazy stuff. And at first you just, you're, you're thinking, okay, well, you know, that's just what the Mithraics believe in, but it's not really real. And it's, you know, they're not actually seeing or hearing voices. It's just that, you know, this guy's going crazy. And then you start to realize, no, wait a minute, there's supposed to be something else. And so you switch and you go, okay, maybe there's an alien on the planet that can do that's screwing like, with psychic us. Right. stuff. But you know, they haven't even, but that doesn't explain things like the little, the little, Jesus cyborg baby. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like crazy. Well, and um, then the thing is, okay, so she has like this vision and so she's out cold for a minute and and then the guy you assume reversed the polarity on the blood draw so he draws all her blood out and then in the time that she was knocked out, which was like, what, maybe an hour tops, he becomes this Hulk. He literally becomes the Hulk. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yes, I got all the blood now. And I was like, 
Yeah, but you had that blood in your body before. <laughs> but now that you have the blood back in your body, you've become the Hulk? What is yeah, going on? Like, it was ridiculous. Like, he got all muscle. Like, his muscles were ridiculous. Like, he literally looked like the Hulk. And he had ripped out of his clothes. And he was lifting people up in the air and tossing them. And I was like, what is happening? Yeah, none of it made any sense. Absolutely none of it made any sense. And and the whole thing at the end, too, with Travis Fimmel's character. I oh, mean, my God. Know, in the beginning, we're supposed to think he's one of the few sane characters around, and then suddenly he starts hearing voices, and he just gets completely megalomaniac. I will be the crazy. king! Yeah. He's he, like, he where did that, that come from? It wasn't one episode. He's been hearing voices for a long time. Well, and yeah. His, his character has declined in terms face. of what we think what we think his uh, motives are. You know, we we well. He first of all, he was an imposter, which you could forgive if it was a, for a righteous reason. But you know, we've been seeing some negative sides of him for a while. Um, but well, uh, I don't know because his he you know he's on the losing side of a war where he's he's seeing the other side, you know, massacring the people he knows. We know he's been tortured. His wife's been tortured. So you you can't fault him for wanting to put something over on the other side and not having an emotional attachment to them. I think the fact that they became emotionally attached in a very parental way to, to the child that they, that was supposed to be theirs says something more about, you know, them being a more human type of character and more empathetic, but then, you know, they, he just goes off in this, in this well, completely other direction. A lot of, a lot of uh, humanity in all of the characters. And I think that's one of the things is that they're, they're, they're changing sides or in, in the viewer's mind, I think it's easy to change your opinion about a lot of these characters, like who are, who's in the right and who's in the wrong. And I think they're playing with that and saying, you know, we, we thought it was these guys that were the good ones. And now it's maybe not so clear what, who's the good ones and who are the bad ones. And, and, and if the writing was up to it, then that would be interesting to see, you know, yeah, this I mean, shift I, in perspective, but it's not, it just comes off looking like they couldn't remember what they did five minutes ago with the character. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a lot less critical of the writing and, the, and some of the aspects and the, the plot holes and so forth than, than you guys are, I guess. But, um, I, I mean, I think it has, it has it's, it's out there, and I expect that when it's out there, we're not going to understand or make, not everything's going to make sense. Some of it will be explained later and it, we might have to wait a while. And some of it may never be explained and it may just sound like a big plot hole or, uh, you know, illogical uh, writing or whatever. But I'm OK with that. I mean, it, it, if you have high standards, this is not going to be your show, um, but it's sci fi and, you know, decent, good production value, and... Uh, yeah, uh, is it good production value? It's, it's mediocre okay. production value. It's, it's well, they haven't done anything... Yeah, the CG of of that little little lander vehicle, the... Was, the that was that so terrible! I felt, like, I felt like I could have drawn that. That would have been, like, hand-drawn, but... It's like, uh, that looked like something from old Doctor Who. Yeah, that <laughs> looked pretty bad. Not bad. It did but look pretty bad, but... But my thing is, I love sci-fi, but I like good writing with my sci-fi. This is not. This is, this is very much like somebody. I felt like they were on, they were high and just were doing stream of consciousness and was just yeah. like doing whatever came to mind. 
because it doesn't make any sense. It's all like it's it starts off as one kind of sci-fi and then meanders over here and then it becomes religious and then it becomes like there's a prophecy, but then no, it's a false prophecy because he's hearing voices. But is it an alien? Like what it the was, heck? It was religious from the beginning. To be honest, I think it was religious. They were they were in an environment where religion was a huge concept that drove the whole division between the some of the characters, some of the right. But but it, I, I get that. But it made it seem like it the religious people were in. crazy. Like you know what well, I'm saying? They, so they, that's what you started out thinking, and, but then you think maybe that's not the case. And the thing I is, still they've, think they've it's been the case. so dodgy about you know the the religion that they've been depicting. Anyway, it's like you know Mithraism, and but this this is supposed to take place like uh, only about 130 years from today, and yet there's no talk of religion. You know, the thousands yeah, yeah. of the of religions that exist in the world now that's just been replaced with Mithraism. It literally was just this last episode when the little girl was showing the the tooth of what was supposed to be Romulus that I suddenly realized, oh, wait a minute, this isn't even our future. This is some alternate earth where yeah. where Christianity never rose rose up and and the maybe the Roman Empire never fell. And their their last religion prior to Christianity was Mithraism. And that's just continued for thousands of years. So yeah, they that, look like Knights Templar or something. Yeah, they me. did. Yeah. Right. And so so that's that's it suddenly dawned on me. Oh, wait a minute. It's it's not even our future. It's an well, alternate we, earth. We need to keep moving. We need to keep moving. Um, I am not a fan of this show. I would not recommend it to anyone. Um, I watch it. And there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I would say if you've got a lot of time, <laughs> you just want to watch something. Let's move on. Let's do something light. We're going to talk about uh, Enola Holmes. And who hasn't talked in a while? Uh, Yusin, you haven't talked yet. And I know you, I think you watched it, right? Enola Holmes? Uh, and it, it's actually the only other show I watched. Um, sure. Uh, it, it's highly watchable. Um, you know, I I didn't not enjoy it. You did um, not enjoy it? What? Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't, you know, I, you know, I could say I didn't enjoy it, but I didn't not enjoy it. Um, it was light. It was highly watchable. Um, I, I don't remember the name of the woman, who, the girl who, because she's not, what, I think only Millie 16. Millie Bobby, Bobby, Mil- Millie Bobby Brown. Millie, oh, Millie Brown, right? Millie something Brown. Um, Millie Bobby Brown. Okay, so, sure, that. Um, here, here's what I will say. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Sherlock Holmes. The books, every incarnation, Basil Rathbone, even that overhyped, over-energetic uh, guy, Richie, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and I, I'm bringing this up for a real reason. There was a movie in the 80s called, uh, I think, just Young Sherlock Holmes. I, I was going to look it up, yeah. but I just got lazy. Um, yeah, which I thought true. was so underrated. Um, and it was directed by Barry Levinson, who I really genuinely like as a director. I'm going to say... The reason we, I bring it up... Yeah, please, we need yeah, to move no, this on. We only I have 10 minutes. The reason why I bring it up is because I really thought it could be so much better. Um, again, baseline, it's highly watchable. Uh, the acting is fine. The casting of the boy, whatever. Um, costumes are okay. You know what I mean? They're, they're, you know, it's definitely not. Some movies, some shows, the costume becomes a character, becomes an aspect of it. This, no. You know what I mean? But were they atrocious? Did they stand out as bad? Nope. And that's kind of where I'll go with this. And I can kind of stop. Nothing really stood out to me as terrible. Um, I'm a huge fan of Helena Bonham Carter. I love seeing her, uh, you know, do 
anything so i thought she was great um who was the mayor uh, the oh uh henry cavill nice to look at you know um <laughs> my you, you know you know what i mean so like they had all the elements a little bit of eye candy a little bit of this uh, you know girl power so you know i don't know that in age wise that i'm the target audience but being a feminist and conscious of what younger women might be interested in watching i think it was you know it was good it was it was produced well uh, and it, it gave some nice, uh, you know, it, it existed in the world of Sherlock Holmes, you know, and he actually was a part of the story, however tangential. It was definitely her story, uh, coming of age, let's let's call it that, uh, and clearly set up for a uh, sequel or even a series, you know what I mean? Kind of like we talked about Old Guard, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it could easily be turned into a series or absolutely we'd be happy for a sequel. So I definitely enjoyed it. It, it, it was, past, you know, it was a great way to pass time, but nothing to me that I would rave about. All right, uh, Allison, your thoughts? Um, very much the same, really. I, I was entertained. I, I thought it was amusing. Um, it was basically Millie Bobby Brown's show, and yeah. I thought she carried it incredibly well. But she's always fantastic, and and she I handled. That, the, the, I thought the this act- really got to see her charisma more than you normally do in Stranger Things. Oh, definitely. Because, I mean, well, she was playing a more approachable character, first right. of all, and she's even talking out to the audience. So she's bringing you into into her world and into her thoughts. And she handled um okay she did um executive producer i just want to say that she clearly put herself in a vehicle that's going to show her you know really well you know right and it did it did definitely and she she handled the the british accent perfectly and all of that uh how you know and like i said it was it was entertaining it was a romp it was very ya very ya um with all the 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 good and bad things about ya um but you know, the, when it got away from her, as far as the rest of the characters, and as far as feeling like Sherlock Holmes, um, it it didn't. You know, uh, I mean, Henry Cavill, like you said, I love to look at him, but he is ridiculously miscast as Sherlock yeah. Holmes. I mean, sure. I, I would be more Sherlock Holmes than he was Sherlock Holmes. He was there, yeah. he was just too nice and too pretty, and he looked stuffed like a sausage into that suit. And, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, seriously, he was he was like you know, Cal Holmes. I mean, it was just in, in fact he was he was more cheerful in this than he was in in Superman. So, um, yeah. and and Mycroft got right. really short shrift. Mycroft was basically a hemorrhoid in a top hat. He was he was just nasty, um, yeah. and and they even they even. Uh, dismissed him intellectually, whereas in the in the stories and in every other version I've seen, Mycroft is always described as being the smarter brother. He's actually, yeah, I was gonna say he's usually at least as smart as Sherlock. Yeah, and he's, but, and, yep. and he's described as being better. I love Helena Bottom Carter; she was great. But you know, it's just it didn't feel homesy. It felt like just you know a little kind of Victorian set adventure YA yeah. film. Well, let's wrap this up. Millie is British. She's British. I just want to say that. I don't want to put it out there. She she had that wasn't an accent. That's her accent. Millie oh, okay. Bobby Brown. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Cool. Really. All I wanted to say. Yeah. All right. Well, Next. then she does a really good American accent. <laughs> Correct. Correct. All right. Correct. All right. That's let's all. move. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we need to, we want to talk about Ted Lasso, and I actually, re- even though Tom's not here, I really want to thank him for bringing this show to our attention, which none of us had heard of last week. And uh, we, yourself. 
okay, fine. Other than David, I had heard of it uh, until Tom brought it to our attention. And uh, so now we've all watched it, and we're going to stay. Peter's only watched two, so we're going to just talk about the first two. And I know that it nine episodes have aired, and we're going to try to catch up on the podcast, talk about those episodes, because I crashed through them all. Like, they were fantastic. But, Peter, I want you to lead the discussion so that we don't talk past where you are. I just uh, and I just do want to say just that the primp the concept of the show is it's an American high school coach football coach goes to England to teach professional or not to teach to coach professional soccer and he has never played soccer in his life and it's hilarious and he is Ted Lasso is just such a sweet happy guy that you just love him you can't you can't help yourself so, uh, Peter, what did you think of the first two episodes? I like them. Um, I really like Jason Sudeikis, um, and I, I think he is – I think the way I describe him to you is he's unflappable. Like, he is just – he's such a nice, optimistic person, and but he's not an idiot. He, like, he – there is a uh, – there's, like, a star player that can kind of be a douche, and, like, the way he is trying to figure out – how to like manage him is like pretty good. It's just like, well, yeah, I mean like, you know what? It's, it's almost like they wanted to do, cause I know Sadek has executive produced this and I forgot who else did, but like, it's almost like they wanted to flip the notion of like a coach or mentor because normally when we think of coaches, they're usually pretty tough or like, what is the, the JK Simmons, the, the, the oh, uh, whiplash. Yeah. Like they're like, terrible like they're so cruel and everything and so he's like the opposite oh you know what i guess uh coach taylor i, I guess yeah. he's all very nice like um but but yeah no i i really like i i love um because you know he's from snl and i love that they got to do a moment of him dancing because that's that's what starts it is that there is a um there's a a video, a video yeah youtube video yeah, yeah you, <laughs> it's just it's just great. It's just like him just getting down and everything. And it's just so funny. I will say as a person who's only seen two episodes, my, my concern, but it's probably not a concern because you guys all love it. My concern is that the pilot clearly sets up a sort of indirect adversarial thing between him and the owner. And I like the actress playing the owner, but it seems like we pretty much, we quickly in the pilot get to know like, the only reason she hired him is because she she's pretty pissed off about her her uh, ex husband. Of course, he's been like and don't and, and like, Allison, don't mention who the ex husband is because he doesn't no, know yet. No, I, I, and she's like, I want to burn this. Basically, she kind of wants to destroy it because she's like, well, my husband loves soccer, so I just want to I'm gonna hire this guy. I want to burn it to the ground. And like, I actually totally understand her point of view on that but i don't really want the show to become about like he's trying to do a good job and she's trying to sabotage him and i was like oh really i was like because i love and then i'll stop talking there's this whole thing where like he brings her biscuits oh yeah and because he's basically trying to like getting good and talk to her and then she loves the biscuits and she's trying to figure out she's like well if i just get my lackey to get me the biscuits, I don't need him. And then you realize he's actually making them. They're right. home. Oh my god, that's awesome! Like, and, and, like, and so it's just like I don't really want this to become a show where 
the two characters that I find the most interesting are really going to be going head to head. That's my only concern. Well, you, I like the show, so yeah. I'm assuming it's not it, what I'm thinking. It's not. Yeah. It is and it isn't. I mean, there is some of that, but they are ultimately she is a good person. She's been hurt and she's lashing out, but underneath it all, she is a good person and she does. You know, I don't want to give you any spoilers about what happens, but it is a it's a feel good show. So you don't have to worry about it turning in some murder mystery or something crazy like that. Um, so if, just keep watching. There are, moments. there are moments that, you know, the 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 things turn against people and you're like, oh, why did that have to happen? Yeah. But then it all yeah. So. But it's it's good. It's like you're going to it's a sweet, sweet show. And uh, he Ted Lasso is a guy that you just you want to be friends with him. Like if that dude existed, I would want to be his friend. He's a little, he's a little too peppy though for my taste. I mean, I, he, I think, he is, but I think I could, I think I could handle in the world that we're in right now. I think I could, yeah. could manage oh, that. Yeah. An admirable character. I think of it. It's like to me, it's like um, Unbreakable Kenny, Kimmy Schmidt character. That same, that same whatever. Oh, okay. But it's but the show is ten. It's a thousand times better because it's it's smarter and the characters are more realistic and more likable and whatever. Um, I really like the show. I li- I liked the first episode. I thought it was okay. I'm not a big Jason Sudeikis fan, but um, Bill Lawrence is one of the exec producers, and and uh, I like Bill Lawrence shows in general. Um, and um, you know, I I watched the first episode on my own, and then my wife, um, I said, hey, it's a good enough show, and it's positive, so my wife might like it. So I had her watch it, and she was like, it's okay. And then we watched a few episodes later, and we watched a bunch more, and she's like, show. <laughs> And I'm like, so I, I think it's a great show. And it's a, again, it's a great show right now for me in this time where I think we need some more positivity. He is the most unflappable, you know, like Peter said, he's, he's such a, uh, uh, you know, positive influence on everybody. And he's, he's surprisingly smart. He comes off initially as this hick with the accent and whatever, but you know, you realize that he actually knows what he's doing. And there are a lot of little throwaway lines that are jokes that are so funny um, that they, that they put in there. And the, the banter is, is great. Um, is the se- I, does I he give out the books in the second episode? Does he give everybody a book, a present? No, nah, I don't think so. I think it's later. Uh, it's early that he gives all those books because I thought, cause at first I thought he gave the books to every, he gave the same book to everybody. But then no, they I re- were they were all person. tailored for each person, which is even he, more impressive. Exactly, he does these. He goes. He makes his own cookies that that uh, he brings to her, and uh, you know, there's there also the backdrop is is nice because it's interesting. There's the whole thing about Premier League soccer or football, rather, is uh, that there's a it's a whole thing for Europeans, and right. you know, Americans don't know how intensely these people take it. And he's thrown into that, and you kind of see some of that as you uh, see the fish out of water story, where he right. gets to know uh, what what's going on in, uh, in 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 London, so in England. So, I, I really like it. I, I do too. Yeah. It's what totally I, two I thumbs up for me. Go ahead. Definitely. But what I love about this show, and I, you know, I have to say, I've never, I've never even heard of Jason Sudeikis before. I've managed to miss him in everything. So it was, it, you, know, I'm just learning about him, seeing this show. And uh, what I love about it is not only is his character so warm and wonderful and and a genuine nice guy, not just like a guy who smiles a lot, but who is otherwise pretty shallowly written, but a genuinely good person. And what I like is that it's not just him. The show 
has is so sweet in character overall and all it, it takes this view that yeah people can be difficult and they can be mean and they can be jerks here and there but there is like a kernel of good in in just about everybody and it, it, the show tries to to Ex- find I was gonna say, is except and, for and her ex-husband out. he's pretty except much for that. he's pretty much a douche <laughs> but, but yeah. that's yeah. Uh, but we don't see him most of the time. He just comes in to be horrible and then leave again. Right. But ev- everybody else, there is like this. And and who knows, maybe in season two, we'll see something that, that's human about him too. But this show seems to take this attitude that is, is so gentle and so empathetic and so human. It's like watching this show for me was like taking a warm, soothing bath. It yeah. was like after all the tension and all the misery and all the hate that we see day in and day out played, you know, over the airwaves. Uh, just watching this show was like, it was like reaffirming humanity. It was, I, I, it was just a great agree. show to watch. And I think that it's the, it's, it's not just that he's so positive. It's that it's actually, it's, it's, um, it's that it's so sweet and positive, yes. like not without purpose, not without intention. It, it's not just, you know, like Kimmy Schmidt was just no matter what happened, she was just unflappable. And she was like this dodo who was just so positive for no reason. But he actually has purpose and and ins- yeah, he's, is inspiring. He's literally inspiring. So so that's a great show. Yeah, to have. And he is more fleshed out. He's not just this one note happy guy. Absolutely. There are other issues going on with him, which humanize him. And that's the thing, too. I don't want to, to give the impression that this show is saccharine in any way because it's not. Um, it's just very warm and affirming and human. All right, let's yeah. move on. It also reminds me of it also reminds me of um, Zoe's uh, extraordinary play, but not as sad. All right, but let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about biohackers really quickly. And I think me and Allison are the only ones who watch biohackers. Is there anybody else? I, like, I, I thought the pilot was pretty good, but that is all I saw. But I like well, the pilot. I know, I like... but we're going to talk about the series because you'll probably never watch the rest of the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, anyway, so the one thing that because I think we talked about the first few episodes uh, we we talked about episodes two through four, and I think mm-hmm. now we're just going to finish it because uh, I don't want to forget the things that that happened in it because there's only six episodes, so there's only the last two episodes to really discuss. And it was fantastic because the tension, I have to give them so much credit because every episode, the tension got higher and higher and higher. And in the last two episodes, like her cover's blown. Like the whole thing is she's going undercover to get evidence against this doctor that killed her brother and her parents. And so she's, she's going undercover, Mia, Maya, and, and by the end of episode four, her cover's blown and so she confronts it head, head on and she does this whole fake out where she goes to the doctor and she's like, yeah, my real name is Emma and you saved my life. I'd be dead without you. So she tries to come at it from the angle of I'm not trying to get revenge. I'm just trying to thank you. And I was curious and blah, blah, blah. And the doctor, because which was she, a great lie. It was awesome because that doctor's ego is so huge. She absolutely believed it. You know, and so she totally played her, got her to do everything she wanted her to do. And it was, I was like, oh my God, this is going to work. And then like, while she's in the house, it blows up in her face. 
so this show just like ratcheted, ratcheted up the tension in such a good way. And, um, and her boy, I don't even know which one is call her boyfriend. Uh, well, her, her, the, the guy who she was cozying up to or the guy who she's actually uh, attracted to. Uh, the first one. Things. I know. Two, two, I know. Yeah. Jasper is Jasper is the, the guy who is uh, Lorenz's. Right. Aide. Yeah. The eight, uh, like that dude was dumb because the way that she managed to get infiltrate him showed that he wasn't that bright. And then when the doctor was like, here, launch this, put these bugs out there and launch this virus. And then I'll go back and come up with an antibody later. And, and don't worry about it. I totally have it under control. And just because you're doing it doesn't mean you're going to be my fall guy at all. Don't worry. I was like, wow, just he's so dumb. He's so dumb. Well, he, tr- he, you know, he was in a position where she was promising a cure for him. So right. he, he trusted her. And he, he, I mean, he was kind of putting his life in her hands. So in the first place, he right. trusted her in ways that he shouldn't have and maybe wouldn't have if it wasn't a life or death situation for him. But what he did at the end was was really insane. And assuming that she was going to do anything other than what she actually did right. was just yeah. dumb. And even, even the girl, it. she was like, how naive are you? And I was like, yes, how naive are you? <laughs> <laughs> And, but what I have to say, this show had, as much as I don't like cliffhangers, this show had the best cliffhanger I've ever seen. It did. Because I was like, it looked like everything got resolved, like uh, everybody gets arrested, escapes, whatever. She gets an email with all the evidence she needs. She's going to turn it over to the reporter, and then that doctor's going to get her due. It'll be great. And she goes to meet the reporter, hands over the drive. And ends up with a black bag over her head, thrown in the back of the truck with the doctor. And I was like, huh, I did not see that coming. And I was like, that's I was, fantastic. I, I have to say, I didn't see that specifically, but I knew something was up when the show, it's like they had this big resolution and it didn't end there. It kept going and I went, nah, something else is going to happen. Because when, when they don't end where they should and it just keeps being drawn out, it's telling you, no, don't, it don't, don't, start don't, don't relax. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know. I like, she hands over, you know, she gets the evidence and she hands it over to the reporter. I was like, oh, that's the reporter who interviewed the doctor earlier. Like I recognized him and I was like, oh, he must've been doing, you know, more of a story to get the background. I was like, oh, that makes sense. But then when the black bags came out, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, this isn't good. And when they threw in the back of the van, I was like, oh, because she's got the DNA that can heal anything. And I was like, oh, they're going to use her for experiments. And then the other doctors in there, I was like, wait, oh, this is not, I don't know what this is, but this is awesome. Because I just like that the, um, that the arrogant doctor ended up uh, in the back of a van, you know. Yeah, but I I love the look on the doctor's face, like you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the biggest bad guy in this show. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to to season two where we get to see an even bigger baddie. Yeah, that was that was pretty good. I mean, and for a doctor that she she not only like I could see her. She did a bunch of really questionable medical things, but then actually driving a couple off the road, I was like, man, that's pretty hardcore for a medical doctor to be driving people off the road. But then when you see these other guys, I was like, oh, she is in the kiddie pool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But let's move on. Thumbs up for me for Biohackers. There's only six episodes. It's a good ride. It's a good ride. It, it is. It is. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Boys. And this is the most current episode, I want to say. Is it five or six? I can't remember which I number I think it's it is. six. Um, yes, six. So this episode, we find out about the Institute where they're doing experiments on just regular people and trying to give them superpowers. And they, they said they're trying to, what, stabilize the formula because it really only works with babies. It doesn't work with adults. And because they're trying to make an army. And I was like, even if you give it to a bunch of people, how do you make sure they are in your army? Like, I'm not entirely sure where this is going, but it, it was good. I, I liked a lot of the stuff that happened in the episode, finding about Lamplighter and the history of what happened to this to that uh, CIA agent, whatever her name is, what happened to her kids and getting that backstory. All of that was really good. I just was just underwhelmed by uh, Stormlight, Stormfront's uh, ultimate plan because I was like, she's playing chess where everybody else is playing checkers. And then when I found out her plan, I was like, or she's playing checkers as well. Like I was, I was not well, that not impressed. Really. I mean, she's, you know, she's part of this Nazi eugenics movement. And, right. But um, it's, it I, just seems she, like a redo. That's not an, I thought she was going to have an original plan that she was a mastermind of. This is not her plan at all. She's totally stealing someone else's plan. That's I just was disappointed. That's all. Yeah, but I think it goes back to her origins. You know, I mean, right. she was she and and the the doctor uh, Vote, um, who she married, uh, they were the originators of the plan. And it's like you know, after the World War II and that side lost, it got out of their hands. But it's you know, I think she still is running it from the sidelines. She keeps changing her identity for various reasons, not the least of which is that she doesn't ever age. Um, but shes I think she's more in control than it would seem at first blush because she's the one who keeps going to the hospital to, to ride herd on what's, on what's happening. We haven't actually been told that uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character even knows about this doing. installation. Right. So, yeah, so there, there's it's debatable who really is pulling the strings. I don't know, but I just, when I found out her full plan, I was like, really? That's it? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I Nazis, just, they take over the world and they kill people. You yeah, know? I was like, it's yeah. kind of one note. It feels one note. Yeah, it feels not that interesting. I was hoping for a more elaborate plan. Uh, anybody else comments? Well, uh, I mean, look, I've, um, I have, uh, I was not a fan of the boys last year. I only watched three episodes and I was like, I'm out. This, this show thinks it's too cool, too cool for school. Um, but then I started hearing about season two and I decided to jump in. So I've seen all of season two. I probably should go back and watch yes, season one. Cause you keep um, asking me questions and I'm like, dude, watch season one. I have um I know we're limited on time so I can't go into everything but I mean as far as this episode um I I thought it was indirect I I'm hoping it's a conscious thing I thought it was funny that sort of sort of speaking to Libya's point about Stormfront's plan being kind of like really that's that's it like her her speech is almost verbatim the speech that um what you would call it um 
Martin Landau in the movie Ed Wood is playing Bella Lugosi and in Plan 9 from Outer Space, which is notoriously, you know, it's, it's one of the, be- you know, one of the best, worst movies ever made. There's a speech where he says something, I will make a race of Superman or something like that. And so when she gives her thing, I was like, wait, is this, is she, I think, is she cribbing the Plan 9 from Outer Space speech? Like, uh, which is, like, I would like to think that the people who make the boys know, because I was like, ah, they're, com- they probably do. Like, um, so to me, I thought that was indirectly funny. The problem that I have with this, with her plan is sort of what Libya said is that on the, at the bottom, of, at the end of the day, as much as I, as much as I think Homelander is terrible and as much as I think that Billy can be not as good of a person as we we think he is they both have very personal things like homelander clearly wants to be loved he is very insecure about that doesn't mean that he should be able to kill people but that's where it's coming from i guess the problem i have with stormfront's thing like libya just said i was like well when she actually it's funny because the scene starts with her showing homelander a picture of an her and an old woman and of course i think we all figured like oh that's her daughter you know and I was like, oh, now we're going to get the personal reason. This is why Stormfront does what she does. But it is just, oh, I married this guy, part of the Third Reich, and I'm just following his plan. It, it's it's sort of like – it's like she doesn't have agency in the master plan because she's just following the plan. And I'm like, well, that's not that's not personal then and not very interesting. Like, uh, But again, I still really like the show, and I think that actress Aya – cash i think is doing a terrific job but anyways i I don't know if i'm libby would you agree with what i'm saying that's yeah yeah that's that's pretty much my issue i really thought that she was gonna have something original and interesting and i figured it was gonna lead to her having power for sure yeah for sure i was like oh yeah clearly like like Allison said, I was like, clearly eugenics is going to be a part of this. Like, I absolutely figured that. Like, but I, yeah, okay. but I thought there was going to be something else. I thought it was going to be more interesting, and it might be. And also, if she hasn't told Giancarlo Esposito what's going on, which I doubt she would, he's a little too dark for her. I feel like now she's going to have to go head to head against him. Well, that might be interesting. Though. I know. That's what I was supposed to say. That could be absolutely yeah. interesting. And um, I want to see where I want to see where that goes, but I was just a little disappointed because I guess I built up her plan in my head to be bigger. That's all. I guess I, I just for me, you know, it seemed really obvious because I mean, just the name Stormfront. It's it's just pure Nazi. It's they were telegraphing it just with the name of the character. Well, I didn't and, doubt that she was a Nazi necessarily, yeah, but, but I, I mean, still a thought that Nazi and that's right, the entire crux of yeah. Her, but her I really thought that it was you know. it was going to be a little more something. I don't know, but. Anyway, let's move yeah. on. Go I, ahead. Go I ahead. wanted to say that I like Aya Cash. I loved her in uh, You're the Worst. Um, yeah, yeah, she's good in that. And uh, so I was happy to see her show up, and she played that same snarky, like, you know, uh, whatever to the to a T, um, but it didn't have, like, like Peter's, to, to Peter's point, it didn't have the substance. Didn't We didn't really know what her deal was. We'd see, you know, the the leads and, and all the other characters, like their their uh, highs and lows. There are reasons for being bad, and that they're you know really in angst about it, but they hide it in different ways, or they deal with it in different ways. Yeah. But hers is kind of you know, we don't see anything behind it. It's just right now, or she came in being snarky and like, who the hell is this chick who's bossing everybody around and acting like she's God's gift or whatever? And now we find out it's the it's the master race secret plan, whatever that she had, and that's you know that's interesting, but it's not enough. It's it's just we need more. 
So I mean, I'll keep watching it. I, I like I like the the boys does a great job of pushing everything to the limit of of what you know, making fun and and uh, turning things upside down and being so gross. I mean, they're a very gory show, but. Uh, so I'm interested to see what happens too. But uh, to your point, I, I agree that uh, there was something lacking. All right, but hopefully, I mean, the the actual boys part of the storyline was pretty good. Breaking in the facility and all of that, I really like that part. I just, like I said, I had built up Stormfront so big. But let's move on. Uh, I think overall, we're still giving it a thumbs up. I just, yeah, I still yeah, like this. yeah, still, like, still a thumbs up. All right, if you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to us at hitthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.